Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert, Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And as I have been asking for the last few episodes, how are you doing? Have you checked in with yourself recently? Because when I talk to my clients, they often feel so pulled out of their center, so spellbound by what is going on, so overwhelmed with all these different aspects and challenges we are all dealing with personally and globally that they actually haven't asked that question at all. They just feel like, okay, there is something inside of me that may feel unsettled or ungrounded, but how am I doing? I don't know, maybe the best answer would be overwhelmed. Well, it would be no wonder to feel overwhelmed. Not only the pandemic that's far from over and that real great movement for racial justice and the fight against the injustice that has plagued not only this country, but the world for such a long time. And then the financial uncertainties and other things that just fall by the wayside, for example, the upcoming election, there are a lot of things I think that are occupying our minds and, and there is this in general feeling of conflict between wanting to be engaged, wanting to be active, doing something, and at the same time having a part of us that just wants to go somewhere lay in bed, put the blanket over the head and make it all go away. And that often happens if there is in those stressful situations an aspect of us that just feels, I need to hide out. I just don't feel that I can deal with all of that. And ignoring that aspect of us, it brings up anxiety and insecurity and confusion. Unfortunately, doesn't make it go away. It makes it actually just more desperate, in many ways louder. And you may have noticed that. Maybe you have a hard time sleeping or slowing down your mind or just in general feel out of sorts. So how can we find a little bit more peace? So take this hour as your personal break, your time just to recenter, reground yourself, find the roots within, and then emerge again, maybe rejuvenated and with greater clarity and also maybe a, a stronger seat inside of yourself, knowing what your place is and what you want to engage in and what you also want to just step away from. Well, to help us with all of that, I have invited a very, very special and I have to say famous guest uh, that uh, who will help us to navigate through the, yeah, these labyrinths of our mind, help us to understand more about the energy centers in our beings, and in general, give us very helpful tips on how to be our best selves during this time. And I'm talking about 
Dr. Susan Shamsky, who is an award-winning author and best-selling author of 17 books. She has been appearing in countless shows and giving countless of presentations and talks. She is the founder of Divine Revelation, which we will talk about more. And there are so many other things that Susan has accomplished. And so it would take the whole show to talk about all of those. So I'm just going to bring Susan on and uh, welcome you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm so pleased to speak with you today, Dr. Friedman. Well, thank you. I'm really, you know, always curious about how people ended up where they ended up. You know, when I invite uh, experts and authors and and they tell me how they actually started out and then came to their passion and purpose, I think your path has been exceptionally interesting because you lived for 22 years in an ashram. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That's correct. I was with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. He was the guru of the Beatles and many other really famous celebrities. And I ended up staying with him in his various ashrams throughout the world for over two decades. So why him? Why did you pick him? You know, it was the 60s. I was a hippie. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were flower children at that time, we were seeking a higher consciousness. We called it, at that time, we called it altered states of consciousness. Mm. And, and at that time, our gurus were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Das. And uh, they wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. And they were telling us to turn on, tune in, and drop out. (laughs) (laughs) And they told us that we could reach nirvana if we took LSD. Hmm. So we were experimenting with that. It didn't work out very well, especially not for me. (laughs) What happened? Oh, I actually had a psychotic episode as a result of taking LSD. And in fact, I never came down from the drug. Uh, Weeks and months later, I was having LSD flashbacks all the time. So it was extremely terrifying for me. But I still wanted to Uh experience nirvana. So I was still trying to to do that through the psychedelic drug. And um, I was also reading all of these uh, books, like the Buddhist scriptures. And I was reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Was reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watts and other works by Alan Watts. And in his books, he said that you need to find a meditation guide. Well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and look up meditation guide or anything remotely (laughs) similar to that. So I asked a friend, how do I find this meditation guide? And he said, well, have have you ever tried to meditate on your own? And I said, well, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed and I sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation. And immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way up to the top of my head. And I felt like I was plugged into this cosmic electric socket, but in the most ecstatic way. 
And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. I didn't know any better. And uh, it wasn't too long after that. Uh, and, and by the way, not only had I had my first meditation experience, but also Kundalini awakening all at the same time without drugs or any stimulants at, at all. I mean, you and just then, asked for it and it was given to you, which that is kind it. of amazing. <laughs> I mean, you were definitely well, lucky in that way. I think so. And it wasn't too long after that when a friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center. Ah. There wasn't any teacher there, but there was a center. And there was a picture of the guru on the wall. And the guru was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And immediately, as soon as I saw his picture, I was very much entranced by him. I could feel this energy that was exuding from his eyes. And just this bliss came over me. And I just felt right then, this is where I'm going to learn real meditation. And so I did. I learned transcendental meditation. It was so and were powerful. you planning to stay for 22 years or was this no, just something that evolved <laughs> no. over time? No, not at all. Uh, it's just that I had such great experiences with transcendental meditation that I wanted to become a teacher immediately. And I started to... Uh, applied to all the teacher training courses. They didn't accept me because they said I was too young. But eventually, I, they did allow the younger students to go to India. And so I went to India and met with Maharishi and uh, then ended up uh, not only becoming a transcendental meditation teacher, but also working on his personal staff for six years wow. in Europe. And um, so it was a it was quite a roller coaster ride that I was on with Maharishi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I read an article about you and uh, which kind of uh, said something about living in a cult, which has a little bit of negative association to it. Did you see it as negative, or was it more, you know, positive for you? Well, a cult can be a way to cultivate higher mm -hmm. consciousness, or it can be a way that will disempower you right and in my case because i had this personal relationship with maharishi it was a very powerful very positive experience in fact i read a memoir about it it's called maharishi and me seeking enlightenment with the beatles guru it's a fascinating uh trip that <laughs> i bet i wrote is pretty amazing <laughs> Yeah. So for you, it was really cultivating ultimately your relationship to yourself and to yes. spirit. And Definitely. now what I find so interesting is that you became a teacher uh, yourself. And, and I think at some point, uh, uh, the Maharishi actually talked to you that you and said something to you that made you realize that you don't have to look for a yogi anymore. So, so what was that? Well, he told me I was too dependent on him. He wouldn't always be there. Mm -hmm. And he sent me away from, uh, from the personal staff that I was on. And, uh, and also, one, one time, he came up to me out of the blue. Uh, you know, he would just, we would all stand in, in rows to greet him, and we would do pranams, and uh, we would offer flowers to him. So I'm standing on line, and and all of a sudden he comes up to me and he says, he hands me a flower. He says, don't look to anyone. 
when you don't look to anyone, then everyone will look to you. I love I, that. I didn't quite understand what he was saying at the time. I was very young, you know, but eventually I, I realized that he, he not only didn't want me to, to be dependent on anyone, he also didn't want me to be dependent on him. Yeah, but that's kind of a lesson for all of us, I think. It is. That really looking for yourself and looking at yourself and not finding that uh, answer outside of you. And this is exactly what I think your work since ever then in all your books have been so helpful with, to find answers within. So when we come back, we will talk more about the questions that you have answers for, in particular, meditation, chakras, subtle energies, and how to deal with overwhelm that so many are going through right now. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. to you live on transformationtalkradio.com is the brilliance ultimatum times up with claudette rowley powerful conversations practical innovations and transformative solutions as claudette and her guests delve into the possibilities and what she calls reality resistance join the cultural revolution and annihilate obstacles check it out at culturalbrilliance.com what would you do with the power of community How do you create your own rituals? Tune in to Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's LivingYourGifts.com. For stimulating conversation and keys that will change your life, tune in to Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete every first and third Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join Pete to get clarity for your calling and practical wisdom for results. For more about Coach Pete, visit PeteCoaching.com. That's P-E-T-E Coaching.com. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence. Focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions. You can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan 
and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Yeah, meditation. That's what we just have talked about. The, the lucky stars that aligned for Susan when she had her first experience in meditation, which wasn't really my experience because when I try to meditate, just because I was so stressed out, I tried it in a bathtub, which is not necessarily the best place to meditate. And I either fell asleep or I just got really mad because my mind certainly not slow down. And it wasn't until I discovered Kundalini yoga and meditation that I learned some of the principles uh, of meditation and really learned also that there is, you know, there's some work that needs to be done in order to be able to, say, get a little bit of a handle on meditation, because ultimately to gain a mastery in meditation will take a lifetime, at least for, from my perspective. Now, Susan, why do you believe so many people are, you said like in, your, in the 60s, you know, it was very rare that people knew about meditation and now you know, everyone and their cousin meditates. So, so where, where does this meditation revolution come from? And, uh, and can you give us some, those that are struggling with it and they're saying, that's not for me, I don't know how to do it. Can you give us a little hint on how to make it easier? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, I'll talk about the, the beginnings of meditation in the West. Uh, you know, in 1959, when Maharishi Mahesh Yogi first came to the West, there was no meditation. There was no mantra. There was no yoga. These terms didn't exist in the West. In fact, there weren't even any, hardly any <laughs> esoteric bookstores. There right. were maybe two in the whole country, one in L.A., one in New York, and that was it. And certainly the, the mainstream bookstores had no metaphysical information or information about yoga or anything like that. The people were completely ignorant in the West about all of these things. And then within 10 years after Maharishi arrived in the West, with a little help from his friends, the Beatles. <laughs> uh, that helped. Yes. That helped. Uh, meditation became a household word. And during Maharishi's lifetime, he trained 40,000 teachers of transcendental meditation, and they taught 6 million people to meditate. So when I was on his staff, we were holding these giant teacher training courses in Europe, and um, thousands of people would come to be trained as teachers. Wow. Wow. And why would you say there is a desire to meditate? Is it because so many people are Kind of turned away or turned off from religion or what's what's the seeking in meditation i think that's part of it yes for sure but the reality is that meditation really reduces stress and hypertension and the kinds of illnesses and things that that are modern day society pervasive in those those really negative uh negative influences, negative vibrations, so many things that people really need to learn how to settle down, how to relax, uh, because there's a lot of tension and anxiety 
especially during this time with the pandemic going on and everything right. going on, more than ever, people really need to meditate. Not only meditate, they need to learn how to develop their intuition. So very, very important at this time. Yes, and that's definitely something we will talk about also around the third eye and the book that you have written on that. But just briefly about meditation, there are so many thoughts on how difficult it is and why is my mind just, you know, even more loud and rambunctious when I try to shut it down. And what would you say to people that have been trying and just giving up because they say that's not for me i can't sit still i have to walk around as soon as i want to meditate i have ants in my pants <laughs> well the operative word that you mentioned is trying <laughs> <laughs> trying is antithetical to meditation effort hmm. trying forcing <laughs> trying to control the mind all of these things are completely the opposite of what meditation is. Mm. Meditation is about getting comfortable, really comfortable in a comfortable position, in a comfortable chair or bed or something that's really comfortable where you can sit and just be completely effortless and easy and so relaxed. And trying to control the mind is not the purpose of meditation. And it's not going to work. <laughs> I agree. Meditation, successful meditation comes from comfort and relaxation. So one way to make more comfort to allow yourself to be relaxed is to take some deep breaths. For example, I'll just demonstrate a deep breath. Uh. Like So I think everyone right now who's watching this, why don't you just take three deep breaths with me? Just like this. Yeah. Now, how do you feel after taking three deep breaths? Always better. <laughs> it's always a wonderful. Definitely. Yeah, calming, parasympathetic, stimulating experience. Exactly. And now, I, you know, wonder when when people, you know, do just take the breath and they feel like, well, this cannot be enough. Isn't that the wonderful just? start to to get yourself centered by simply doing that and there needs to be nothing else magical about it it's really that simple that will take you into a state of relaxation and there are other things you can do that are very helpful for meditation uh, one thing that you can do is call upon a divine being or an angel, an archangel, a deity of your belief, of your own understanding. Call upon that deity by name and ask to be taken into a deep meditation. Everything that I teach is based upon one principle, and that is ask and it shall be given unto you. 
So when you ask, you will receive, especially when it comes to meditation and spirituality and these kinds of, of things that it's so easy and effortless to get these things simply by asking for them. So who do you ask when you don't have a spiritual connection? Ask spirit. Ask for spirit or ask for your higher self. You could just say higher self. Please take me into a deep meditation. And by the way, I do recommend that when you're asking, that you say it verbally, not just think it in your head. Say it verbally. Oh, Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So ask and ask verbally. You can ask for whatever it is you want during the meditation. You can ask for healing of a specific problem. You can ask for advice about a specific um, conflict that you're having in your life. You could ask for creative ideas about a project you're working on. There's so many things just really that your own limit, only limit is your imagination about what you can ask for during meditation. But does it matter what energy there is behind the question so for example if you're asking i don't want to have anxiety take the anxiety away through the meditation and you're all anxious and stressed out while you're asking is that creating the wrong energy no it's fine uh it's a good idea though to be positive and say i'd like more relaxation i'd mm. like to be uh, to feel a sense of wholeness but it's okay to say, I'd like to release, release stress, release tension, you know. Um, yeah. So asking really, really helps. The deep breaths really, really help. And as you're taking the deep breaths, you're getting quieter and quieter. I would say you're going to be taking a lot more than three deep breaths as you're going deeper and deeper into the meditative state. And then when you're feeling in that deep state, when you're really feeling very relaxed and you're feeling a sense of wholeness, a sense of oneness, then I recommend doing something that people just generally don't do during meditation. Generally, people are very passive during meditation. Yes. And what I recommend is once you get into that meditative state, once you're quiet and you feel some relaxation and by the way that doesn't mean that your mind turns off or that you have a blank mind or anything like that uh, you're just feeling relaxed so once you're in that relaxed state that's the time to ask ask a question ask hmm. for guidance ask for advice that's the time to ask for something very specific and then take another deep breath and then do what i call the do nothing program that means do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing. And the less you do, the better experience you're going to, going to have. And so simply ask and then take that big deep breath, do the do nothing program, and then you'll receive the answer to your question. You'll receive the inner guidance. You'll receive inspiration, intuition, ideas, whatever it is that you've asked for. Then you'll be receiving. And is that from that little voice, that still small voice inside of you where you that you describe exactly. that you receive the answers from? Exactly. The still small voice within. It could be a voice, it could be a vision, it could be a feeling, 
it isn't always necessarily a voice. But when I say voice, it doesn't mean you're going to be hallucinating and hearing some, right. Right. something like like my voice talking to you right now. You'll just it'll it'll occur to you in your mind. Hmm. You'll receive inspiration. It'll come to you in your mind, and you'll receive inspiration. You'll receive the answer to your question or your concern, and that's called intuition. And that's a really uh, wonderful topic I want to talk about, especially that is something that's also, you know, part of your work, this divine revelation, which is about the small voice inside. How do we actually uh, identify this voice? How do we trust that voice? How do we know it's not our ego or our anxiety speaking? All of those things we'll address after the break. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am Soul Stretching Success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. We're not done yet. Some of us are out here to educate and inspire. This year, 2020, is the year we got to show me the money in the cash flow. I'm Dr. Pat. This is the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Visit thedrpatshow.com. We just talked about meditation and the small voice inside or the tiny small voice, or I don't exactly, how do you say it's small, still small voice inside of you. And uh, before we go to that little voice that you can hear when you're asking a question in that state of, of meditation, I want to go back to something you said before, which is something about that you can ask and it is given. And in the same way, you also describe in your books and uh, in your teachings how the words that you're speaking create your reality. How whatever you say in some way is basically you know, what your outcome in life will be. And uh, tell us a little bit more about that, the power of your thoughts or of your words. Every great saint throughout the ages has told us that we're creating our own reality through our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. 
For example, the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, which is probably the most influential Buddhist scripture ever written by Lord Buddha. Uh, Lord Buddha says in that first verse, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. Now that's a stunning statement. I have to repeat it. It's so stunning. All that we are is the result of what we have thought. And then he goes on in that verse to say, if a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So he's talking about thoughts and also speak, speech and action. So the verse tells us that we are creating our own destiny through every thought, every word, and every deed. And Jesus said the same thing. He said, we're not defiled by what we put into our mouth. We're defiled by what comes out of our mouth. So we're, when we go around all day saying things like, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so unhappy, I'm so poor, oh, I'm so fat, oh, I'm so un unworthy, whatever, these types of words that we're speaking, they do manifest. And the vibration, I mean, just feel the vibration of what I just said, and now feel this vibration. I am happy, I am joyous, I am fulfilled, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am loved, I am filled with joy, I'm filled with happiness. You know, I mean, it's totally different night and day. When we speak, it's very, very important that whatever it is that comes out of our mouth, especially when we use the words I am. Anytime you use the words I am, you are invoking the mighty I am presence. So whatever you say after you say those words I am should be something that you want to own, something that you want to manifest in your life. Be very, very careful about what you say. You know, it's not that easy to control the thoughts that are running through your mind. But it's very easy to control what's coming out of your mouth and the actions that you're doing. So we are creating that destiny through every thought, every word, and every deed. So let's be careful about what we say and what we do. We also have to be careful to not feel like, oh my God, now I have to blame myself for having cancer or being fired or like, you know, when we just talk about all this injustice that happens in the world, I mean, for people that had been victims of violence and, uh, and prejudice, I mean, would you say, well, they created this themselves? That would be a little challenging, wouldn't it? The reality is that subconsciously, we are creating our own destiny through every thought, every word, and every deed. That doesn't mean we need to feel guilty about it. We should feel empowered about that. Because, because of the fact that we created this, that means we have the power to create something different, to make a different decision. And by the way, that decision is never made consciously. It's always unconscious. The subconscious mind is what is ruling the roost. That is what manifests in our everyday life. Yeah. Well, I just want to clarify. Let's say something happens to you 
that was absolutely not anything that you either thought of or subconsciously wanted or even you know schemed to manifest it just happened you got beaten up you got mugged you got whatever so is then that point when that happens your choice point on what you do with that or is the idea is even that being victimized is your creation i don't think it's a good idea to sit around and think about horrible things happened to me because i created them right it's better to be empowered by the fact that we can always make a choice about how we react to anything that happens to us i'm glad you brought that up that's very important for us to be empowered that we can create a new reality in every moment through every thought every word and every deed now understanding this whole principle of we created our own realities that's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow but you know it makes a whole lot of sense if you believe in reincarnation Hmm. and how that well you know we have lived a lot longer than just this one life and in past lives we've done many different things we've had many different uh, desires that have been fulfilled and uh, we may have done things that are not necessarily the kinds of things we would do in this lifetime and as a result of that that our belief system from past lives carries on into this lifetime we're not aware of it it's completely unconscious we don't remember these past life experiences but they are the cause there are consequences to every action that's the law of karma the law of karma says that it is done unto you as you believe and that's the subconscious belief not the conscious belief Hmm. so these things are very sometimes difficult for us to understand or to swallow but you know why would a baby completely innocent baby be born into a family of crack addicts for example why would that happen the baby's innocent why you know the reality is that baby made a decision between one life and the next life we make a decision as to what kinds of experiences we're going to have in this next life and for example the crack baby uh, there is a reason why that soul chose to go through that experience and we don't know why necessarily and that the person himself doesn't know why uh, he chose to go through that experience it could be a contract with the parents from a past life it could be for the soul to learn something it could be for the soul to teach others something there's always a reason for every experience we have even if those experiences are horrendous there might be some reason for that i would say that george floyd is an angel i would say that george floyd came for this purpose that he could create this revolution a peaceful revolution i certainly hope but it's already proving to be a revolution and he i every time i see his face a picture of him i just see tremendous light around him i see that he made a very difficult choice 
to choose this path in this lifetime so that this world could change. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, in many ways comforting thought, but it's also a thought that uh, makes you really feel like what a huge sacrifice. I mean, if this is the soul's choice. I mean, that is incredibly courageous and it powerful is. and selfless and uh, yeah, something to be just uh, really grateful for. Now, I love this idea about past lives and I know a lot of people don't necessarily subscribe to it. But what I'm wondering is, again, coming back to this still small voice, no matter if it just draws from the experiences of the past or if it just sees now, you know, this is your path in this life, what would you say is the source of that still small voice you know, that we all really have? I mean, I often work with people on connecting to that inner truth. And it's surprising that even the greatest disbelievers are able to eventually tune into something that just feels so right that it cannot be denied. But where does it come from? Well, it's our higher self. We have the ego, which is who we think we are. And when I say ego, I'm not talking about egotism or being right. egotistical. That's not the definition of the word. Ego simply means who we think we are, how we define ourselves through our history, through our, uh, our profession, our bank account, our relationships, our uh, mother, father, our status in society, our, uh, all these things that we think we are. We, are, we define ourselves by all these limited ways um, that would include also our heritage and our race and all these things. But that's not who we really are. Who we think we are is different from who we really are. Who we really are is this magnificent divine being filled with light, filled with love, filled with energy that has tremendous power to heal ourselves, to heal others, to transform the world. So we are this magnificent, mighty spiritual being and that, and we can get in touch with that aspect of ourselves. And that is the still small voice. Like I said, it's not necessarily a voice. It can come to us as a vision, as a feeling, not always as a voice. I mean, the question is why couldn't it just be a little louder, right? <laughs> I mean, why does it have to be so quiet? It can to be make us wake up. It can be very loud if you practice. Okay. Right. Intuition is just like any other skill in life. It's like playing the piano. It's like learning a new language. It takes practice. And I recommend that you practice every day to develop your intuition. And how do you do that? Simply by Hold asking. That thought, because that's what we're going to talk about right after the break. Are you meeting your 
sales goals. Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Are you ready to transform your life and embrace magical experiences? Talking to Tannis with your host Tannis McRae is here to help you find your joy in life. Tune in live every first and third Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let's awaken your experience and create the change necessary to take back your right to choose who you are. For more about Tannis, visit TalkingToTannis.com. Welcome back. We're here with uh, Dr. Susan Shamsky. And Susan, just tell the listeners and the viewers the uh, website where they can find out more about your offerings, your books, your, I think you also offer Sacred Journeys, all those wonderful things. Yes, the websites are drsusan.org. That's drsusan.org. And also I have another website, Divine Travels. Dot com that's v i v i n e t r a v e l s that's plural on the travels divine travels.com and where is your next trip going to uh, the next one will be the chariots of the gods cruise which will be march 7th to the 14th of 2021 sailing from orlando to the yucatan uh, with some extremely famous speakers including eric von daniken um and many others wow that's cool that's great yeah. uh yeah so we talked just about the small still small voice inside and uh being connected to the higher self now how do you know when you listen to this that it is really coming from that place is it a i mean you live actually according to that guidance or according to that intuition and a lot of people ask me well, how do I know that it's not my anxiety talking or this part of me that just says, you know, oh, the right thing to do is dot, 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 but maybe it's coming from a hiding place or maybe it comes from a more ego place. How do you distinguish that? Right. So there's four basic places that these messages might be coming from. The spiritual world, the mental world, the astral world, or the environmental world. Spiritual world means uh, being connected with spirit with a capital S, with your higher self, with deities, angels, archangels, divine beings, ascended masters. So that's the place I recommend that you get your messages from. But then there's also the ego and the wishful thinking, um, which is erroneous. Uh, and there is uh, the mental, just sort of our past beliefs, habits, and conditions that are influencing us. And then there's the environment, people around us, peer pressure, uh, just also the general uh, humanity, human beliefs, uh, things like, oh, um, 
money is the root of all evil would be an example of that, or women are inferior to men, or certain races are inferior, you know, these types of things influencing us. And also the astral world, which is discarnate entities, taker spirits, uh, spirits that are trying to control us, demonic beings. So obviously we only want to get our messages from the spiritual world. And that's the reason why I've developed a 10 test system. It's an entire system that would take me three hours to teach. Uh, <laughs> so I can't quite teach that right now in five seconds, but uh, you can, can they, learn can, that can from- Can read uh, about it? Yes, you can read about that in um, Awaken Your Divine Intuition would be one of the books. You can read about that. Awaken Your Divine Intuition. Also a book called Divine Revelation. You can look, look in that book. And uh, in, that, in those books, I teach these tests that you can learn how to, uh, so you can distinguish and discern between that true voice of spirit and other voices in your mind. Great. And so once you have this, you know, tuning in ability, then like you do, you can actually make major decisions and even small decisions according to that voice. And I think, you know, that's how you live your life. Right. And as I was saying uh, before the break, it's important that we learn the skill. It's something that is teachable and it's something that is learnable. And right. you can learn this skill uh, through reading my books. Uh, you can learn this skill. I'm, people, uh, people teach it as well. I'm not the only person. Uh, but it's something that you can learn and that you can practice. And I say practice, 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 practice every day. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And the important thing, Dr. Friedman, is for people to understand, don't be afraid to make a mistake. When you first learn to play the piano, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It's not going to sound very harmonious. People you know, around you, you're kind of driving them crazy with, with listening to these horrible sounds that are coming out of the piano. Yeah. But once you practice, 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 you get really good at it. So same thing with intuition. You'll get better at it with more and more practice. So what would be a good practice to get started? meditate go into meditation and then when you're in that deep state of meditation start a dialogue with your higher self begin to ask questions and ask them verbally ask them audibly and then take the deep breath do the do nothing program and receive the answer and mm. the more and more and more you do that, the better you get at it. It's like any other skill, like I said. It just takes practice. And don't be afraid to make a mistake. You're going to make mistakes at first. It's okay. Now, you mentioned there was an uh, affirmation that could be very helpful with intuition, but also to go through this time. What Actually, is this is, a, this is a, what I call the self-authority affirmation. And this can help you, especially during this time, when we are feeling, um, we might be feeling very out of sorts, like we're not even in our body or, uh, or we're not ourselves. And we're being greatly influenced by uh, negative vibrations, fear, 
all kinds of concerns that people are having about their health and well-being, and also uh, concerns about uh, the police or you know politics, whatever it is that we're concerned about. So this can really help you. And I highly recommend that you learn this affirmation and that you use it daily and possible a few times a day. And it goes like this. I am in control. I am one with God. I am the only authority in my life. I am divinely protected by the light of my being. I close off my aura and body of light to the lower astral levels of mind, and I open to the spiritual world. Thank you, God, and so it is. Wow, that's powerful. It is powerful. Yeah. It is really powerful. Yeah, so for anyone who definitely wants to listen to this again, go to my YouTube channel. It will be right there. And uh, yeah, definitely a wonderful and and really, I mean, the vibration is, uh, yeah, taking your own authority and being that, that master of your life in collaboration with spirit. That sounds exactly what so many of us right now need to hear and need to affirm so thank you for that welcome now we only have a, a minute left but is there anything that you would say in general that because i was surprised in your book that according to vedic uh, astrology this is not the time of the age of aquarius but somehow it feels like it, you know, it feels like a lot is changing right now in this regard. It's a very intense time. Is there anything that you would, you know, maybe from your perspective, from, you know, your inner guidance say about this time that can give us, you know, hope or guidance? The most amazing thing, I think, Dr. Friedman, is that so many prophets and psychics and so on for, for decades have been saying, Oh, the golden age is coming. The, the, the Aquarian age is coming. The, this is, there's going to be this big shift in consciousness. We're all going to ascend. The ascension is coming. You know, all these things people have been saying. And then so, amazingly, that's what's <laughs> happening right now. Uh, the strangest awesome. way, a way yeah. we never would have thought of. Exactly. Where people are being forced, doing forced meditation. They're, they're, people are getting quiet. You know, the, the entire world is at a standstill. And as a result, the entire consciousness of the earth has shifted dramatically. This is the ascension that we've all been waiting for. And it came as a gift of this horrible virus that's killing people. I agree. That the transformation is here and we're having this revolution that this is causing this incredible revolution yeah. of equality for all humanity. And so, we are 250 years ahead of time, ahead of schedule. According well, to the Asia before, that's a different thing. <laughs> But, but whatever it is, yes, there I, is a lifting of consciousness, a worldwide 
lifting and shifting of consciousness. And it's happening right now. Well, and that's how we, I think, really have to affirm, appreciate, and embrace this time and not forget it as something we have to leave behind, but really take that energy and all the insights we are gaining about ourselves, about our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, and make that world exactly more equal, more just, and more sustainable for all beings. So thank you so much, Susan, for being here. And uh, fortunately, we are out of time, but I would love to have you again on the show because there is so much more that we could talk about. And I really appreciate all the wisdom and all the teachings that you share with the world. Thank you. Well, thanks for inviting me, Dr. Friedman, and I'd certainly love to come back anytime. Thank you. This was it again for Empowerment Radio. Tune in to the next show in two weeks. Thank you for continuously listening and willing to grow, to learn, and evolve. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.